It's uh, the B-side of a new digital album celebrating the work of one of South Africa's most accomplished composers from 1920 to the 1930s, and that particular song, E-Land Act 1913. It's a, a reworking of uh, and new interpretation of Ruben Kaluza's work, and uh, the collaborators and composers who've worked on it are Tsecho Fatso Mweng and Philip Miller. We've got uh, both on the line. Tsecho Fatso, thank you so much for joining us. We'll start with you. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you for having us. So Tsecho Fatso, for people who uh, want to know more about Ruben Kaluza, tell us a little bit about him as a composer and the time that he worked in. Uh, well, there is actually a great um, musico- uh, ethnomusicologist, musicologist, uh, Veit Ehrman, whom we worked with. He's uh, out in the University of Texas. He's written extensively on on Kaluza and the music of that time. And one of the the uh, one of his writings that we worked from, we got inspiration from for this album was uh, the book African Stars. So, if if people want to know more about Lisa, um that's definitely a book to check to check out and uh yeah and there's there's uh, i think um copeland also the south african writer also wrote a few things uh has written a few things about mm. galusa and uh music of that time yeah who who was he, and how did you suddenly become interested in his work? Not suddenly at all, I'm sure. I'm sure it took place over many, many years. Uh, yeah, so I, I studied music at uh, at Vitz, and yeah. I remember briefly hearing about uh, the name Ruben Kaliza, but we never really went into detail. Uh, so when, when Philip actually came to me about this and asked me, do you know this guy, I was like... Um, I've heard the name, but I actually don't know his music at all. Yeah. So he's not he's not well known. I mean, I know there are choirs that have done one or two of his songs, like Ikaiguana, which is one of the songs that we covered with Ria, who is arranged. And um, yeah, uh, he's not he's not very well known. Um, he's definitely not covered enough in in the school syllabus here. Uh, but overseas, they are entire courses on him and his music. Wow. So yeah. he's, he's a guy who was a internationalist who toured uh, Europe, uh, studied in America, and uh, was uh, performing a lot. You know, his music was, uh, he, he used to have a touring choir where his music was always being performed. So highly successful guy, um, but he seems to have uh, fallen through the cracks uh, well, certainly here in South Africa. Seems an absolute uh, tragedy given how much of our heritage he covered. I was yeah. I was interested, um, there is of course the song Influenza 1918, and which of yes. course is fascinating because that of course is the song about the Spanish flu. So at that time he was writing and composing music about something that has swung full force back, if not the Spanish flu, well COVID back in 2021. When you were, yeah. were working on that, uh, reworking that composition, it must have like rung kind of quite loudly for you in many ways. That that song was actually uh, arranged by Philip Miller, uh, my co- my collaborator in this. Yeah. So he he yeah so he 
he started this this whole thing, and that was the first song that he worked on. I joined him after this song, after that song. Yeah. But you're right, uh, it's incredible, and we found that actually most of this music, it reads and it sounds like it could have been written today because there are so many elements that still resonate with what's happening in today's context. So, yeah, yeah that, that song in particular, you know, it's, uh, if you if you read the words, uh, it gives you chills because it, it, it could be about COVID-19. Yeah. So, Tsekhofatso, obviously anybody who's listening to you can hear by your voice is that you must be a singer as well. You have, um, I, I wouldn't know, are you, are you an altone? Are you a baritone? Are you a bass? What are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I also sometimes ask myself that. Because, uh, <laughs> I, trained as a, I trained as a baritone for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, but I was always a high baritone, so yeah. I I made the switch to tenor about two years ago, and it's uh, it's going well. I feel I feel like this is uh, where the voice wants to be. Uh, yes. So I I am I am a I'm an operatic tenor, yeah. But the the heavier the heavier tenor, so like your your handbuotas, uh, not not your racine tenors. Yeah, yeah. So which which leads me to asking, singing someone that you know that the the origins, the seeds of the work come back from, as we said earlier, from the 30s and the 40s, early days. How does that make you feel? And particularly as we look at Heritage Weekend this weekend, it must must sow a wonderful uh, weave for you in your life. Pardon, I lost you there, Michelle. What did you say? I said just that you are singing uh, the works, uh, or even if they're the recomposed works, of yeah. Ruben Koluza, singing them now as a singer. What does that make you feel? Hmm. Uh, I mean, it a lot, a lot, and especially because the most of the songs could literally have been written today. Yeah. So uh, for us, engaging with the text was uh, very important, of course. Yes. Uh, that, that was one of the big things we decided on which song we we're going to do. Um, so, I mean, in, living in South Africa, you can't run from politics. And he certainly wasn't running from politics either when he was mm. writing these because they're, they're songs that are political. Uh, so, so, you know, art is the mirror of, uh, of society. Um, and what he was writing about in the 20s and 30s is still happening today. You know, there's a song like Tikotra M7 Zini, which, uh, you know, talks about the the beginning of the job reservations. uh, As I said... Even the song song we've just played. Yeah, the Land Land Act, Act, of course. You know, that was 1913. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so there's a... It's definitely music that that needs to be heard today, and mm. and we're just happy that we we could um, bring it out and uh, honor him and you know celebrate his music. And we we are very lucky that he himself was uh, an internationalist who always pushed uh, musical boundaries. Mm. So his music was never uh, you know your typical four part harmony choral music he played with some chromaticism and uh, we we uh, and you definitely have elements of ragtime in the music and uh, i'm sure my colleague philip will talk more about this yeah. uh, so we that that's uh, that's we, we push that that um, 
that angle. We have got your colleague on the line, Philip Miller, your co-composer, working on this project as well. Philip, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Lovely to be here. Philip, I have been aware of this project over the last uh, while as you've been working on it. And what's critical about this, this is not something that one can do on the sniff of an oil rag. There are a diversity of singers. You've got an ensemble of 12 singers. You've also got some incredible musicians, um, jazz instrumentalists. Even our own Kutluano Masote was part of it as well. How have you managed to sustain it, to fund it, to make this thing happen? Well, you know, we didn't intend. Initially, we, what actually happened was that I also, as as Sekofatso has said, ne- I, in fact, had never heard of Ruben Kaluza. I then discovered his name and the song Influenza 1918 mm. through a article written by the journalist Mark Davis at the time around, and this was in hard lockdown. I immediately, you know, piqued my interest, and I love archive, and I started researching, and this led me to finding the song, and it was quite a search, and that led me to the musicologist that we've mentioned, Vite Ullman, who sent me a digital copy, because, of course, nothing was available anywhere Everything was in lockdown. So that song became an idea to then raise awareness for singers and their loss of work and how difficult it was at the time. And we kind of used the song and a, and a video, that a music video, um, that was then put out into the world as a fundraising um, yeah. campaign. Very small, but it felt, felt the right thing to do to really just help people who had lost work. And many of the singers, in fact, had been in the, uh, are in the production of The Head and the Load with mm. William Kentridge, and that had been cancelled, sadly, in Johannesburg. And so people were really just had lost so many gigs. So it started off really just as an awareness. And because everyone was so interested in his music, I'm talking about our collaborators, our singers, that they said, well, let's do another one, and then let's do another one. So we kept going and kept raising. It was really a kind of music, a made-up music Kickstarter campaign, only on really social media. And then about, I think it was the third song, Sechofat Salat sort of started speaking about, wow, this is really amazing, and people want to continue with his repertoire. Why don't we think about trying to aim towards an album? Which is sort of, that happens towards the end of last year. And really, very briefly, we had to really fund hard. I'm sure you know how hard it is in arts funding, particularly hard during COVID, and particularly because we have a very dysfunctional state arts funding uh, situation at the moment. So we really relied, firstly, on public, people all over the world, people who know my work, and who we just literally, can you, you know, $20, 50 euros, whatever you can. So we did that. And then, fantastically enough, both SAMRO, the South African Music Rights Organization that represents composers, they have an endowment fund for particularly for this kind of work, for heritage work. And they came to the party and we were hugely, it gave us huge help. And then the Goethe Institute as well, at the last minute came in, and we then got um, also even uh, when we found me, found our studio, which was actually at Conhill, an amazing new studio set up um, called Flame Studios with the support of Nando's, Robbie Brosen, etc. 
they then helped us provide us with the studio and um yeah i'm not going to pump too much but let's say we had good lunches (laughs) (laughs) philippa we don't have much time left but i'm interested in in when you found these songs did you find the was it the um, okay, now my let me. It's, uh, was it? Did you find the recordings of the songs, or is it simply yes. the scripts? Is it simply the composition? So there aren't just very very quickly. So there are very few, apart from some uh, academic um, writings or transcriptions of a few of the songs. Mm-hmm. There were almost very few. There was this amazing recording made in 1930, which has sort of really not been available, where in fact they were sent, it was called the Double Quartet, Ruben Tietzka was sent to London, um, and was one of the first commercial recordings. He was incredibly popular then. His songs were huge, huge hits. So we got hold of that recording and we used that to transcribe the music and make our arrangements. But what's special, Michelle, about this is that we wanted this project to really create awareness. And the two things we've done is, one, our arrangements are on um, an amazing website, uh, Indigenous African Music website, um, which is a part of the SAMRA thing. And there the sheet, sheet music is for free for any musician, singer, anyone who so wants any to. any choir, for example, could use can. it. And then also the streaming of the album is also for free. So there's no financial, no commercial money involved. So here. It's, it's about it's, sharing his, his legacy. So, Philip, if someone um, is, do they just go to the SAMRA website and look up the heritage you um, have to go. I wish Tsikho uh, Fatsa might have it in front of him. Uh, it's yeah. The, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, org. IAMtranscriptions.org. Yeah, it's the Indigenous African Music website that's part of the SAMRO. Okay, IAMtranscriptions.org. Yeah. IAM standing for yeah. Indigenous African Music. So essentially, yeah. the... the, the, the um, the music uh, arrangements are on there, and any choir, any school choir, any um, uh, university choir or performing arts company could actually pull that music. Absolutely. PDFs, downloads, there they are. That's and so also, funny. just to say, people struggle with that. Also, if they Google Philip Miller Composer or go to Bandcamp, I mean, there's a lot on Instagram. We've put it out as much as we can everywhere, so there's lots of stuff going on so you sh- they should be even if they can't uh, get hold of that just google you know my yeah. name and, and right. go on the, it'll you know it's sitting it's sitting everywhere it came out literally Fantastic. yesterday philip miller and Tejo fatso Mweng, they are the co-composers or recomposition, recomposing Ruben Tikaluza's work. It's a B-side, a digital album, as he says. It's on Bandcamp, but also go to iamtranscriptions.org. Um, wonderful idea. Maybe you are a school teacher who has a choir and uh, you'd like to figure out a way to get your kids to think more about their heritage as well. Seems to me to make complete sense as well.